Hi there everyone, my name is Thomas Segi and I'm the 2019 Pride of the Hyde and welcome to The King Closet. This is a podcast where I go around interviewing people in the community. Today I am joined by Mike James. Mike, say hello. Hi there, thank you for having me Thomas. Thank you for having, uh, thank you for coming. So everyone listening at home, Mike is the current Australian Leatherman, the 2019 Leatherman, that's correct. Correct, yes. Perfect. So, welcome to the King Closet. How do you feel? Feel good. Feel fun. Relaxed. Good. Well, you're stepping in the place where other people have joined in the King Closet. So, you know, it's pretty spacious. So, it can fit a lot. So, don't need to um, worry about anything. Okay? Sure. All right. So, I'm going to ask you the question that I ask everyone else. Tell me who you were before you were a fetish person? So you'd probably say I was a lost individual. Um, I was raised, you could say I was raised as an only one with my older two brothers, big age gap. Mm. So it's pretty much like an only one. I was a school prefect, was a teacher's pet. And then, yeah, and just basically got the love of travel from my parents. And then that's basically where that came in. And then when I found kink was then basically when I did my year off travels. Perfect. Now, you say you were pretty much raised by yourself because of the age gap between your siblings. Firstly, how much age gap was it between you and your siblings? So, eight and ten years. Eight and ten years. So, you were almost an only child in a sense, correct? Correct. Okay, so what did that mean for you growing up? Um, I've always had the support of my parents that were very, like, even from the very early on, they were asking, um, they thought, not thought, if something was up, they were like, basically always had the support. They asked if I was gay early on, I always denied it yeah. until I basically moved back to Australia. So I knew I was very fortunate to have that support where yeah. I know others don't. And basically, yeah, I just would sort of just grow up finding my own self and my one other brother moved overseas for a few years and then the other brother basically just sort of left home or forced out of home. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, so it's kind of me just raising up and then, yeah. Okay, so that's a bit interesting that you were having to discover these things by yourself even though you had siblings older who some people have their siblings and they show them things or, you know, um, you can at least see how, what they're experiencing and understand it. So you're just having to do it pretty much, in lack of a better word, go through puberty by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but it wasn't obviously the intention of my mum. Yeah. Uh, she had a miscarriage, then two deaths. Um, oh, and she was sorry. always trying for two years apart, yeah. but that didn't happen. So yeah. So just to answer that, that's, I just couldn't work things out myself, browsing history. <laughs> then one, one day browsing history got left open. And I think all the questions started from there. So yeah, we have all been there. Okay. Just be grateful. You didn't have a older sister who liked to find it and then show the family <laughs> at a party. And what was your excuse when having to uh, explain the browsing history? I still don't know how I explained it, but I think it's like I, the only one I remember 
is I have a Hotmail account and yep. there's the whole hot M-A-L-E and <laughs> I was like oh I went on to the wrong one so that, that's the only one that stays in my mind I just said glitch it was a virus it was a virus <laughs> they knew oh yeah they <laughs> alright so okay so you, um, you pretty much were just exploring who you were um, in your family but you felt supported but you are still having to go through it yourself and then you went travelling how were you when you went traveling so basically i moved to australia in central australia for like a year two years and then i just decided to still continue my year off and then that's where i basically traveled the world then ended in vancouver and then so a gap year a gap year that went eight years gap year <laughs> so yes and then vancouver being so close to seattle seattle i ended up going down there twice a month mm-hmm. if not once a month and that's just then that led to San Fran, and then that just led to other things, and then yes, yes. making your way down. Yes, down the rabbit warren. Okay, so how did you find King Through Travel? That's what you said. How how did it happen for you? I just more found as a community that sort of fit that was just accepting of everyone, just no matter who you were, and it's just it breaks that first barrier. Of it's just. <laughs> It just takes away the barriers and it's just like you share a common interest. You sh- share like play together. You have common interests of like whether that's bondage, scent, toys, anything. And it's just, yeah, removing that first initial ice character. Icebreaker? Icebreaker, yes. <laughs> um, so, okay. I'm going to tease this out. Can you tell me about one of your first times with experiencing this community during your travels so i'll keep coming back to probably vancouver where i then did a obviously like there for skiing and snowboarding mm-hmm. so i'd meet a whole lot of people that would come up from seattle and then obviously over time started to meet the same people and then i'd go down to i think it was seattle pride so yep. basically stayed with them and that's just where i was more an adult then rather than living out of my parents home or out of someone else's home that I couldn't explore things so I still remember when I went down to Seattle just the freedom and just asking a lot more questions and just having the openness to go and explore and because I went back to a hotel room I went back to friends and it was just more flexibility more freedom okay so are you saying that it was Vancouver that you were exploring it or was the fact that you're based in Vancouver and then traveling down to Seattle which had more yeah you know. okay yes so sorry to be precise whistler which was then the ski town but then seattle was like three four hours away three four hours away so you're going down there do you have a memorable time what happened what was going through your head what was was it do you have like a particular special night that you would like to tell us about so there's probably a night where I did a live-in session for the first time, like four days down there. Okay, what was that about? I don't think we've talked about live-in sessions before. So that was a dungeon live-in session where a mate that I would ski with was basically in my vanilla life with him. We'd go skiing and drinking and then he was just, do you want to come down for Pride Weekend and just do a live-in three days in a dungeon? And then he hosted a party on the second night. Yep. And it basically just met like-minded people, then connected with more people that went skiing up in Whistler. So then skied with them and then just kept going forwards and back. And it was just, it was just interesting. And then that led to me getting more roots in the Vancouver community. 
which then I'd find people that travel between all three. Okay, but a live-in session seems really intense for a first time. <laughs> Are you telling me that was like your, like one of your first kinky times? There was dabble in play before all that, but this would have probably been my first, um, my first scene where I could just basically keep building upon the last time, whereas all others were like an hour, half an hour, or it might have just been a kiss. Yeah. Whereas this, because I had the flexibility of five to seven days, yeah, like it could go with the flow. Okay. Now, what was going through your head during those days? Because it's like this is actually interesting. I want to know what was what was it like for you? Because this is so exactly it, was, it was overload to it was overload a hundred and ten percent. Um, like if you know me, I only do 110% I don't do zero <laughs> so I if only we were so lucky <laughs> so I just like I felt like if I wanted to do it properly I wanted to do it with someone that I also knew yeah so how important was that for you uh, probably very important okay and how did you know that you could trust that person or actually I jumped the gun did you know you could trust that person I'd say yes because the amount of time we spent skiing together and then the local friends, mutual friends that we had in Vancouver. Okay, now that this, did this friend talk to you about what was going to happen? Um, like beforehand, did you to ask some questions or was it just like, hey, I'm doing this, do you want to come too and just run with it? Um, he showed me his recon profile. There are photos on there that I got curious at. Um, does a whole slave application. There was... And you passed? <laughs> <laughs> it was like fill it out <laughs> and it's like so it's like from then on it was like I don't know say five things like one was like piss what do you think of piss on a scale of one to ten and I feel like on that first application I've ever done I think I even still have it somewhere it was all like don't know what this is let's explore and I was like yeah so it or there was even questions on that application like what is this and i think that was 50 percent of the application was like yeah okay so did that doing that application then well oh it was like <laughs> it certainly asked more questions <laughs> than anything so well, was interesting. but um yeah but there's also the ability which i why i keep going back to that first encounter or that's my first serious encounter was the ability to turn on and off. Yes, okay. And how was that for the scene and also how was that for you as a person experiencing that being able to go on and off from a situation? It was interesting. So like I knew for example whenever I was downstairs in the playroom then it was on. Mm -hmm. And then if I went upstairs then that was basically the person I used to go skiing with. Yeah, okay, so cool. That's kind of like almost what us kinksters do, vanilla and non-vanilla. Like you go to work and your day job. And yep. if you have the support of your colleagues they may or may not know and that's just where I best like there I was like okay can I speak to you about what happened downstairs and he's like yes and that's in that friendly environment rather than that role play downstairs yeah okay cool so you had you had the trust in your head and the comfort sorry that okay this is happening but I can I, I can continue to go along with it and feel trusted and feel um, safe, 
but then I know that I can also after this is actually talk about it there rather than having to break the scene there yeah cool great um, and just to kind of end it up what how did you feel the next day and the couple of days after that when it was all done and dusted does a lot to process and obviously we we still stay in contact to this day but I think if anything that person has founded my sort of path because then I was like, oh, I'm going down to San Fran in a month's time. Who would you recommend? And then I just find like, I've been lucky, very fortunate that everything has always been safe. Mm-hmm. But whereas I feel some others haven't had that ability. So I've always just got preferred my rule of thumb is go off recommendations. Yeah. Or if you meet someone off recon, if they know there's a mutual person that you know and trust, then you take that trust. Cool. Perfect. All right. Cool. Traveled. Kinky. What happens when Michael came back from Australia? What what did you bring back from overseas? And don't say coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's very different mentality back here. Um, so my last few years of living over there was sort of intense and all that. Then coming back here and kink events would be like once a month or not even once a month. And I sort of got in a lot of trouble because I wanted to recreate what I had back over there and it's just, I had to slow down a lot. Um, it's just the location of mm. Australia being so far away. Yeah. Um, that would be the hardest thing I had to get hold of. Um, but you're still a kinky person yes. without these events, right? Correct. Okay. That's why it's kink or no kink, kink is in your heart. So you can't just put on a cotton piece of shirt and go non-kink. But yeah, it, it's always there. But I find I definitely explore it a lot more when I'm overseas. Okay. Now, how does that make you feel? A little bit disappointing. Um, however, it's just... I think it's just... It's the closeness of the communities is like say for example like in in europe and us you can get on a plane and travel anywhere you can meet people yeah whereas here in australia you'd sort of people live their online life a long time like yourself you're meant to go away to the us this this year and meet some people that you've been speaking to years and years yeah whereas just over there it happens mm. like you can say let's meet at the end of the year and you know it happens whereas oh, yeah. here it's a lot of fantasy, I'd say. Like, you go, I well, might meet you in 10 years. Well, it's a long game. Yeah. Because, as you just said, our geography sucks. <laughs> and it just requires a lot of investment. Some of us aren't fortunate enough to have privy to travel opportunities, whether they're... Because, you know, a lot of people, they travel all the time for business. And I'll be honest, I'm envious as hell. When I'm like, oh, cool, you get to go over there? How many times a year? That's great, but I think the people here just have to make it work the way it has, so therefore, would you say that it's become a bit more of a strong domestic community? It's certainly, even in the last two years, it's certainly started to get a lot closer, or I've just found more of a footing or I've found my own identity, and i just found the correct people. What is your own identity? I'm still even trying to find that. So it's like I'm only now sort of 
working that now like even through my husband I'm now even working that I like rope work a lot more whereas I didn't really know that before so it's kind of just fine and I've always been strong in the biker community yeah so that's just finding that whereas um, when I was overseas I'd do bike trips once a once a month yeah. whereas here it seems like sort of once a quarter if that okay now I'm going to ask you a very generic question how has the Australian Leatherman title helped you with finding your own identity as well or has it or hasn't I feel like it's certainly given me confidence and put me out of my comfort zone which mm-hmm. is why I did it I was basically asked if I'd put myself forward in a non-selfish way because I already travel like with work or not with work just because I have the benefits of work yeah so I said why not I said I already do it um at the time there was not enough people applying for it so then I was like why not um and I've certainly learned a lot perfect anything you'd like to share with the rest of the class (laughs) (laughs) um no it's just more confidence I feel like I'd always be a shy person and it's just it's now just putting my voice forward. I've certainly met a few people that I'd never normally meet. Like mm-hmm. there's two people that even come to mind just that are finding themselves now. And mm-hmm. it's like, they don't know where you start or even just one was even my husband. And it's like, he moved up to Sydney and then was like, where do I start? And then I'm like, here's all your options on a silver platter, like go to this and it's, and it just worked. And it's, yeah, date Mike. <laughs> date Mike, and see if that's what. Well, or it's more just it's more just go to one person rather than doing a Google search and just finding it. It's like, well, this happens on this Saturday. This happens in the middle. This happens here. Yeah. And I'll message you the day before just to remind you. And it's more just having the communication, the, the, commu- the communication, or just someone just willing, just with approachability. Okay, and for what is a really good piece of advice that you feel is really working with those emergent people that you've been dealing with that our listeners should hear don't be afraid to ask out like i know everyone always goes is there a website or whatever but i think it's like people like yourself people like other mutual friends of ours that it's easy to talk to someone yeah like just ask that question and it's like as i said i can name two people now one that lives out of Sydney and just wants to do more in the Sydney and it's just helping hand. Yep. If they want to come up to events, then person with a spare room or just are having that question or another person's like, I'm new to this or I'm new to rubber, how do you clean it? Yep. Rather than just giving them a list. Like yep. one person, I was like, come over, let's make dinner of it, I'll show you what to do. And now we're like really good friends with that person. Good, perfect. So it's a matter of just putting yourself out there. Lovely. Okay, Mike. I think that is all the time we have for today. How do you feel stepping into the closet and now stepping out of the kink closet? Relieved. Relieved. You've come out of the kink closet. I'm going to see the amazing interior of your closet. (laughs) It's shit. Okay. All right, Mike. Thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. All right. Everyone, be well, stay safe, and here for us next time on the kink closet. Bye.